0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Word and the Anointing. Enjoy. We're having a great time together in life. God is so good. I'm thankful that uh, we both knew the Lord before we knew each other, so that's a a blessing. We prayed um, about uh, having a relationship, and the Lord gave a green light, and I am so glad, and the green light is still green, it's never been red, so, <laughs> and we're just traveling along, free of obstacle, God is our God, making our path straight, and um, we're just thankful, and happy Mother's Day, yes, to everybody, it's so good, so, so good to be a mom. Uh, I didn't really, I figured one day I would be a mom, but I didn't really have any Ideas about it, really. Um, The focus for me was, um, "What are you going to do with your life?" I wasn't really trained to become a mom or to become a wife. Um, God had to do that in my life, and um, and He's done a good job (laughs) from the Word. I'm just so glad uh, for all the resources that we've been uh, that have come our, our across our path to. Know how to be a mom and how to be parents to these gifts that God has given us. And we don't take it lightly. We love our children. Children are not a burden. They're different Be They're a blessing. The Word of God says they're a blessing. And uh, we see so many attitudes today, if you go out and about, where children are a burden. Uh, I'm in the way. They're in the way. Or I've got other things to do. But I want Uh, Our children to know back there that you are a blessing to us and we love you very much and our lives are enhanced and enriched because God gave you to us and that's not just parents here at highway church all of us. Know the blessing that children are, and I'm talking to you back there. We love you. God loves you, and what you bring here each Sunday that you carry within yourselves, we value and treasure. And we love you children very, very much. So, (laughs) amen. This corsage was given to me by my family this morning. It's a tradition of old, a very old tradition. I grew up in western Pennsylvania in a church that was built probably in the late 1800s. It was a one-room schoolhouse. And every Mother's Day, the women wore corsages in this church. My grandmother's mother was part of building and establishing this church and, uh, what they would do does anybody know this tradition anybody had this tradition in the past yeah okay all right good excellent so i i'm not sure it's different in every place but if your mother has passed you wore a yellow flower i believe they're different different things like that but my mom i love her she's in florida and uh she has impacted me Uh, As every mom impacts her children, she probably wouldn't know how much, but I'm so thankful for the mom that I had been given to, I don't know, (laughs) I arrived in their lives, and I'm so glad for her. She's a wonderful lady, very much like what Joseph just described, uh, very genuine, uh, very caring, very open, and uh, a loving, loving mom, and I'm thankful for her today as well. So we're going to read from the word of God today. Moms, we need tools, right? We need mom tools. And uh, the tools that we have been given, we're going to take a look at today in the word of God. And of course, the word is applicable to everybody, every hearer, whether you're a child, a a dad, uh, whether you're neither of those, uh, you're an adult with not being married, whatever. Uh, The word of God is applicable to all of our lives and I trust God that we're going to gain his perspective this morning as we spend time in his word. So would you all pray with me this morning before we get started? Father, we thank you for your word. We treasure your word. We love your word. And we know, Father, that in your words are spirit and they are life, and in your word is our direction, is our hope, is our salvation, is our life. <laughs> you are uh, our everything, and you are your word, your word and you are one and the same. So we desire to fellowship with you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for hearts that understand this morning for ears that are listening, for um, minds that (laughs) perceive God, that revelation would come, that we truly would have a new perspective, a different look at uh, our responsibilities, at our lives, Father, at who you've created us to be. Thank you, Lord, for walking this journey with us, for going ahead of us, and for directing our steps, Lord. We love you, We're hiding your word in our hearts today that we might not sin against you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this right here, ta-da! Anybody seen one of these before? Does this look like a toy to you? I don't know what it looks like from way back in the room. But this was a little uh, tool that was given to us by Joseph's mom. It's just something I recall her just having in the house and just said, here, you know. Maybe she didn't want it or didn't need it. I don't know. But this came from uh, my mother-in-law. And when I think of it, I think of it as like, uh, I don't know, like something less than a real hammer <laughs> it doesn't really have a lot of weight it's not a toy it really is a tool but uh but I always think of her whenever I have this but this the nifty little thing I don't know if any of you have this the handle unscrews ha! and inside is a flathead screwdriver yeah all right and then you can unscrew that you guys have one of these who has one of these at home Dennis okay okay So this isn't as unusual as I thought it was. And the handle even has like a file on it. And uh, what, we got a smaller flathead screwdriver here. And that's not all. There's another flathead screwdriver. Can you see that? It's so tiny, right? But that's not all. There's still another one in there. This tiniest of tiny little... I guess, eyeglass screwdriver. So nifty little thing, right, that I was able to receive from my mother-in-law. And uh, we use it every now and then for different things. But we need tools in our lives, moms. And like I said, I think of my mother-in-law whenever I use this because she gave it to us, but we as moms need tools, and we're going to look at the Word of God today. So would you look with me at 2 Kings? All right, let's turn in the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 3. Did I say that already? No? Okay, that's where we're going today. 2 Kings chapter 3. And we're going to take time to read this chapter, um, and we're going to uh, read it all together. It'll be here on the screen as we read. Now Jehoram the son of Ahab became king over Israel at Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and mother, for he put away the sacred pillar of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he persisted in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. He did not depart from them now, Misha, king of Moab, was a sheep breeder, and he regularly paid the king of Israel 100,000 lambs and the wool of 100,000 rams. But it happened when Ahab died that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. So, Jehoram, king Jehoram, went out of Samaria at that time and mustered all Israel. And then he went and said to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, saying, the king of Moab has, rebe- Moab has rebelled against me. Will you go with me to fight against Moab? And he said, I will go up. I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And then he said, which way shall we go up? And he answered, by way of the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom and they marched on that roundabout route seven days and there was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what do I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. Verse 15, but now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the musicians played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hands. Also you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Now it happened in the morning when the grain offering was offered that suddenly water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them, all who were able to bear arms and older were gathered and they stood at the border And then they rose up early in the morning, and the sun was shining on the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood. And they said, this is blood. The kings have surely struck swords and have killed one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So when they came to the camp of Israel, Israel rose up and attacked the Moabites so that they fled before them, and they entered their land, killing the Moabites. And then they destroyed their cities, and each man threw a stone on every good piece of land and filled it. And they stopped up all the springs of water and cut down all the good trees. They left the stones of Ker-harasath intact. However, the slingers surrounded and attacked it. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too fierce for him, he took with him 700 men who drew swords to break through to the king of Edom, but they could not. And he took his eldest son, who would have reigned in his place, and offered him as a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was a great indignation against Israel, so they departed from him and returned to their own land. Second Kings chapter three. Just to give you a little bit of history, I love the Old Testament. And once you read the New Testament, once you learn the message of salvation, that Jesus is God and that he came to give us salvation, that we're saved by grace through faith, uh, it's so fun then knowing that and getting solid in that to go back into the Old Testament and then see where, where where is Jesus back here? Where is grace back here? Where are the principles that I've learned in the New Testament? Let me see them again in the context of history because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's doing it in the New Testament, he's doing it in my life today. And if he's doing it in the New Testament, he did it before and so we like to take a look. I love uh, history. I enjoy studying, just learning in general. And so reading this, uh, this was probably two months ago that I read it, I was so excited about all the things that were popping out at me. And I want you to be encouraged when you're reading the Bible. The, in the New Testament, it says that we're to train our senses in righteousness, you can read the Bible and be train yourself so much that y'all this, your eyes begin to see things because we're training ourselves. We're training ourselves in righteousness. And so as I read the word of God, things are popping out at me. I just couldn't wait to bring this and share it with you. So first of all, it's just a matter of history. Um, God had a people, the Israelites, right? But then uh, there was a time when a prophet came to them and he had a new linen garment on and he tore his garment into Twelve pieces, and he gave ten pieces um, to one gentleman, and he showed these other two pieces and said, "These two pieces will stay and belong to the house of David." So the kingdom that was just one people, the Israelites, has now been split, and that you can read about in uh, First Kings chapter eleven if you're interested in checking out how that all happened. But there was a visual uh, sign: these ten are going over here, and these two. Are going to go over here the 10 were israel and the two were called judah so throughout the old testament this may be review for some of you but it may not it may be news to some of you as well so i don't want to ever take uh, for granted that someone might be hearing this for the first time so um so the kingdom is divided now and what was it that they were divided over it was idol worship it was idol worship King Solomon was David's son, and David got the promise from God that he would reign on his throne forever, that that his throne would continue, that there would always be someone from his family on the throne. We know that Jesus came from the family of David. He's called sometimes the son of David. And so we know that Jesus is that king that forever reigns, that fulfilled the promise that God made to David. David had a son solomon and solomon started out good asking for wisdom and wrote all these fantastic proverbs that i encourage people to read one a day right one for every day of the month there are 31 he wrote the proverbs and um lots of wisdom there is revealed just what he asked from god but then he eventually turned and he married lots of women from lots of different places with lots of different cultures and lots of different gods and eventually he lost his way and started following the way of these other gods and set up other places of worship on high places to worship Baal. So Judah has the uh, remembrance of being God's people. Judah has the recognition of being the remnant. Uh, And Judah means praise, yeah? Everybody knows that? Our son Judah, he's the praise of God. So Judah means praise. They were there and existed for God's covenant sake. He made a promise to David, and he was going to keep his promise. (laughs) Regardless of the uh, worship that had happened with other gods, he still kept a remnant who was willing to praise. But Israel was set aside, and they really have a reputation as being godless, of being ones who worship other gods. Uh, so I want to take a look closely at that. That's just a little bit of the history of that. So we're looking here at uh, the king of Israel in verse 7. If you look at verse 7, the king of Israel said uh, he went to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. Jehoshaphat was currently reigning in that smaller kingdom, okay, in the southern kingdom. Jehoshaphat was the king there. And so the king of Israel, which was Jehoram, or some translations say Joram, uh, which, by the way, he had a brother-in-law of the same name, so when you read the Old Testament, you get confused sometimes. Joram, king of Israel, was brother-in-law with Joram, king of Judah, and they do inter. Uh, they cross for a number of years where they're king where they're reigning at the same time so don't get confused by that but this is the king of Israel right now the godless one the one that went and chased after other gods to worship other gods he comes over to Jehoshaphat the remnant the praise group and says will you help me in verse 7 and the king of Moab has rebelled me will you go with me and so he has a situation where he was being paid tribute, but once the old king died, they said, well, he's dead. We're not going to pay tribute anymore. And so at this point, King Jehoram says, will you help me get them back in line? They need to still pay, and can you help me get back in line? And I want to look at verse 7 and, what, and how Judah, the praise, again, the tribe from which Jesus came. <laughs> so when we look at Judah... We're looking at Jesus, and that's what I'm talking about, what we learn in the New Testament about Jesus. We can see in the Old Testament sometimes the behavior of Judah is representative of Jesus and what he's done. So look at verse 7, and here is Judah's answer. The king of Judah says, I will go up. Does that remind you of anything in the New Testament? I will. I will. You guys remember a time when someone came to Jesus for healing and said, are you willing? And what did Jesus answer? I will. Do you remember a time when someone said, will you, uh, he, um, will you uh, he didn't even want him to come to the house, but he said, I have uh, a, a problem back at home. One of my kids is not doing well. And he said, I will come. Uh, he's so eager to come, Jesus. And here we see that same attitude, that same love here, uh, that same covenant relationship. And he says, it, and he describes it even more, I am as you are, <laughs> right? This is what Jesus is saying, right? I will go up. I am as you are, my people as your people, and my horses as your horses. As Joseph was ministering up here after worship, I thought, you know what? We belong to God. Ladies, moms, we belong to God. We spend our money and go to the store and we buy whatever, Calvin Klein or Jones New York or whoever the latest designer is so that we can wear their name, right? God has given us his name. And what's funny, and I thought, I began to think about this. I was like, well, Cal- Calvin Klein has never called me and offered me you know, help and when, and when I needed a parenting question or he's never even sent me a check, you know? I, I've given Ralph Lauren some money you know, I've given him some money, but he's never called me and offered me. So I'm wearing his name, but only because I submitted to what he uh, was making available. I paid to wear his name. But you know that Jesus gave so that we moms, we could wear his name. And he is not like a designer (laughs) where it's one-sided. So God is offering to us, hey, I'm here, I am yours, whatever I have is yours, and you are my people, and so we're thankful for that this morning, that we have the assurance and the confidence that God is a covenant keeping God, that God is not just a designer, (laughs) that we pay and then may, you know, and we never hear from him again. No, we are in relationship with him, and this king is representing that, saying, I'm, I'm offering my covenantal help. You're my people. Even though we're separated, I'm offering, see, look at that. We were separated from Jesus by our sin. And even when we were sinners, Christ, yeah. what, died for us, Romans tells us. Even while we were yet sinners, even while we were separated, his covenant was directed toward us, and that's what we see here they were separated and the king says i'll help you mhm all right i love it let's look at verse 10 let's skip down a little bit uh Look at this. Here's King of Israel again. Remember the godless one. You know, it's not good for us as moms to compare one another, compare ourselves to one another. I was just talking with Debbie about this the other day. The Bible advises us. It says don't do that. Don't compare yourselves with yourselves because there's only two outcomes, moms. And aren't we prone to this, ladies? Huh? I just talked about designer clothes, didn't I? And what we do, we put them on, and then we see what she wearing, you know, and what's she wearing. And, ooh, I like those shoes you know, I like that bag. But Bible tells us it is not wise, is what it says, to compare ourselves with ourselves because there's only two outcomes. Either you're going to be better than that person, (laughs) which is not good. You're going to esteem yourself better than that other person. Or you're going to esteem yourself worse than that person. And that's not good either, right? Either one of those two outcomes is not how we should be measuring ourselves. We're measuring ourselves according to the word of God and how God calls us, right? And so we're looking at this word to see uh, how to be a mom. I know it's kings and old and ancient, but moms, there are words in here for us. And verse 10 has... excuse me, verse, yeah, 10 has one. So we're looking at these guys. We're not comparing with one another. We're comparing people in the word and ourselves against the word of God. So here's the king of Israel, and he said, alas, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Moab was the enemy, and all that they could think is like, oh, great, I'm out here in this desert, we have no water. The animals have nothing. My kids are going crazy, and I've got no help. I've just been giving these kids to ruin my life, basically, right? And he's complaining. He's like, great. I, I needed some help. I've asked for some help. But in getting what I thought was help, I find myself out here in this desert. I don't have what I need. Everybody else is in need, and I just feel like I'm out here going to die, all right? Do you know moms like that? Have you ever said that yourself or felt that way yourself where I'm out here and it just feels like I need some help? <laughs> this is too much. I need some help. This is Israel's word is to complain. Israel's word is to blame God, to say, well, he's brought, he gave me these kids. He's brought me on here. This is horrible, right? He's saying, um, look at us out here. We're just out here to die. I thought I was getting help, but I'm going to die in this situation. So hopeless, not setting their eyes on the hope that God has offered. And look at verse 11 to contrast and to make that comparison. Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord uh, by him? So here we have a different altogether. I'm in the same situation. I'm in the same desert. I have the same problems. I feel like I don't have what I need as a mom, maybe. I feel like I have to get some help somehow. One guy says, great, I'm going to die out here. And the other says, is there a word that we can have? Is there a word that I can find? And I'm encouraging you as moms today to retrain your Response. I am telling you this because I. You want to ask me how I know? Because <laughs> I have had to retrain response when I just want to go. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's just too much. Cow, Ta- oh God, take me away. You remember that? It's just too much. I need to retrain myself at that time to say, wait a minute. I'm not this. I'm not going to be destroyed in this situation. What is the word of the Lord for this situation? What is the word of the Lord for this situation? And I'm telling you, this is going to arise for those of you who are momming now, like I am, and those of you who now are grandmomming, (laughs) there will be plenty of occasion where you will not have the answer readily at hand And you need to retrain yourself to know, what does the word say? What does the word say in this situation? What what word can I apply here? And so you need to retrain yourselves. Mamas who are yet to be, who don't have the baby yet, you are in a great place to begin to do this now, where it's like, wait, stop, put the brakes on. What does the word say about this? How can I address this situation with the word of God? Amen. Amen. Let's continue on and look at verse 11 again at the end of it. I just find this fascinating. So one of the servants of the king of Israel, okay, the one who's godless and we're going to die out here, (laughs) one of the servants of this guy talks to the king of praise of Judah and says, oh, oh, he offers, Elisha, the son of Shaphat is here who poured water, what do they need? Water, they're without water out there. And here's the guy on the other side, a servant, uh, no less, not someone in command, just a servant over here. And he says, oh, I, I remember Elisha, Elisha, he poured water on the hands of Elijah. And that's just to say that he served him. But I find it interesting that that's the connection. What they need, this this guy over here, just a servant, is making a suggestion. And this reminds me of a time when I was a little girl and I received a Bible for Christmas. I think it was Christmas, but I received a Bible. And any time, there are just moments, Joseph encouraged us in prayer this morning, there are moments in our lives that we recall, not years, not necessarily, I don't know how old I was, what year on the calendar it was, but I remember the moment that I received a Bible. I was so excited. I had to have been, I don't know, somewhere between fourth and sixth grade, something like that. My first real Bible. I was so excited about it. And um, I remember being (laughs) excited about getting a Bible. Isn't that wonderful? That's just God. That's just God in our lives. I was like, this is a treasure. And I wanted to read it. And I suggested to my family, like this servant suggested to the ones in authority. Wouldn't it be great if we could get together and study this, if we could read this together? like I was so eager to like, use this new tool, <laughs> this new tool that I had gotten in the word of God. I wanted to know it, I wanted to read it, and not to my parents' uh, blame in any way as I minister this and tell this story, but that never happened and i'm guilty of that also you, you know i was suggesting at that time let's get together i don't know every morning like once a week let's let's like can we all like have a party around the Bible? You know, I was like, yeah. And, I, and you know, again, not to place any blame, but that didn't happen. I, you know, how many of us have said, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. And we just, it didn't, yeah, it didn't happen. So, you know, we're all in that same boat. But what I'm suggesting here is that sometimes the children that we are ministering to, or the children that we are responsible for, come up with the answers that we need. <laughs> sometimes the children are the ones to say, ah, I remember such and so, and they're reminding us of something, and I want to encourage us as moms to have ears to hear that, to not think they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, my goodness, you know. Or in my case, I don't know. Maybe I was just so excited about my Bible, but I don't think that they're not sincere, about wanting to do what they're suggesting to do or not honest or sincere in the answer they're giving. Sometimes in the midst of the problem that you're facing with them, I don't know, I'm a homeschooling mom. Sometimes I don't know the direction to go and sometimes the kids have the answer. <laughs> and I have to be realizing, wait, this is this is of the Lord. This is of the Lord. Don't discount them because they're little and don't discount them because... Well, I I know the Bible better than they do. No, the Spirit of God. We want that. We want the Spirit of God at work and alive in our children and ministering to us also. In that covenant relationship we have it in our families too. I give to them. They give to me. Ah, oh, they encourage me and I encourage them. So remember that. Affirm the children when they make a God suggestion. Make them know, I see God in what you just said. I see God in what you just said. And we need to do that, you know, or let's pray about that. Or that's a good answer. Encourage the children. The answers sometimes come from them. Let's look at verse 13. It says, Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I have to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. But the king of Israel said to him, no for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So still the king of Israel is still saying, we're going to die, right? And where is he? He's in the presence of the man of God with the word of God. He's standing right there in his presence and he's still saying, we're going to (laughs) die. He had the word, the man of God, the word of God right in front of him. And he didn't, value it. He didn't see it for what it was. He didn't see that his answer could be there. And I want us as moms to be encouraged. You know, we've got these books sitting in our houses, right? It's right there. And we want to value it. And we want to see it as the source of our answer. And not with this sitting on our shelf or at our bedside table, say what the king of Israel said, ah, I'm going to die. This situation is just going to be the end of me. No, we have the word of God. And look at uh, verse 14. Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely it, if it, it, excuse me, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the guy you brought with you, <laughs> The guy you brought with you, because you brought him, if you hadn't brought him, I wouldn't even be looking at you. What? It's amazing. So here's the man of God rejecting him, saying, if you had not brought this man with you, I wouldn't even give you the time of day. What is going on here? I'll tell you. Judah, right, the tribe of praise, the remnant, the ones in covenant with God, the ones who are representative of following God and having a heart, right? David had a heart after God. Um, Here they are, and because he's there, the man of God responds to him. What's happening here? Faith honors the word, and the word honors faith. Jehoshaphat, being a God follower, knew to look. Remember, he was the one back there who said, let's get God's word on this. Faith honors the word. Faith is thinking of the word, is looking for the word, is digging in the word, <laughs> is expectant that I'm going to receive something from the word, and the word honors faith. Even the word and faith show this covenantal relationship. So Jehoshaphat saying, let's go find the word, finds the man with the word, and he responds because of that expectation that he has and that honor he has for the word. So remember that. Faith honors the word, and the word honors faith. Since he knew that he was there, since Elijah, excuse me, Elisha knew that they were coming for an answer, that Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, was coming for an answer, he gave a word in response to his seeking it. Huh? Moms. God will honor your faith, and faith, your faith should honor the word of God. You should be looking to the word of God, and when you do seek, what does the Bible tell us? When you seek me with all of your heart, you seek me diligently, you will find me, right? So remember that. Faith honors the word, so as moms, I'm going to the word, and the word honors faith, Now look at the story, so that's a little bit of a comparison of the two men and how they approached the word and how they approached their problem, but let's look at the story now that actually starts to happen in um, verse 15. Verse 15 says, now bring me a musician, and then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Oh, you're talking to a music family now. (laughs) We love this. Before Elisha gave a word, he asked for a musician. And with the musician came the hand of the Lord. The hand of the Lord represents the anointing. What did Jesus say about himself? Remember, in Luke chapter 4, he read, he said, I am anointed, right, that I may, and then he gave a whole list of all the things, you know, set the captives free, Uh, deliver good news to the poor, um, you know, and so he's listing all these things. He said, I am anointed to a purpose, right? So the anointing is God's, don't think of it as something weird or spooky, but it's literally God's ability on you, so Jesus said, I am anointed. I have God's ability. I am the one. I have God's ability, God's power. So when they say the hand of the Lord, I sometimes will replace that as the anointing. The anointing came upon them. God's ability came upon them. So Elisha, in get, wanting to have the exact word of the Lord for these men, called the musician, and upon hearing this music, the hand of the Lord, the anointing came upon him. I cannot emphasize to you enough. We've learned so much from um, uh, Kenneth Hagan ministry, Kenneth Copeland ministry. One thing that we recently learned, maybe two, three years ago, was uh, Kenneth Hagan shared that he, this is the son, of course, that um, that he always has music playing in their house, even when they're not there. The, the music is just constantly going in their house, the worship music. And it's setting a tone. It's setting an attitude in the house. When they come home from a trip or return, that music is still going. It's constantly running in their house. And I said, boy, is that something to aspire to, something to put into practice, that the word of God that they're hearing in music uh, you know, will bring about the anointing. And we can testify to that in our house. We constantly have music. I wouldn't say, like the Hagens, always 24 hours, but uh, sometimes when I want to leave the house, just turn it down, you know, to very low volume and the dog can enjoy it. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So, But I want you to know, moms, that I cannot tell you the advantage you give your house. You know, a wise woman builds her house. I cannot tell you the advantage you bring to your house when you pump worship music, anointed music in your home. All right? Let your children hear it. And I don't care if they think you're square or totally out of it or mom, You play this Jesus music. And if that does bother you, there's plenty of cool Jesus music too. <laughs> but the point is, is that the anointing for your children can be um, promoted by the music that you have going in your house. So he gives the word. He says, let's dig these ditches in verse 16. And I want you to say, so once you receive the word of God, what do we need to do when we hear the word of God? We need to... Do the word of God, right? We're not just hearers only, but we are doers of the word. And so they did. They dug these ditches. Does this make any sense to anybody? There's no water out there. Uh, There's no rivers. We're in the middle of a wilderness. Why am I digging ditches? Because God said so. (laughs) All right? So when you get an instruction from the Lord, do it. I can't emphasize that. Do it. Do it. Do it. Have I always done it? No. <laughs> but uh, when I, you, but I'm making a practice to do it more often, right? More and ready, ready with a smile. When God says do something, I do it. When he says, no, we're not doing that, then I say, okay, we're not going to do that what shall I do? And then I find out what I need to do. Let's obey God's instruction concerning our children. Read, you know the books that come your way, uh, grandmas, moms, you know the resources that come your way. Don't let them sit there on the shelf. Do it. Get that instruction and put it into practice. And I love this too. Let's be encouraged in verse 18. Look at verse 18. Let's be encouraged here. He he says, this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. Ah, One king's out there, and he's saying, "Ah, this is crazy. I'm going to die. And then the word of the Lord comes and says, oh, this is easy. Ah. If we would just go to him first, (laughs) we would save ourselves all this trouble of feeling in anguish and difficulty. God, no, no, no. God is, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We've been enabled. We've been equipped. The word of God gives us everything that we need. There's nothing that I could face that the word of God does not address. The word of God is my life. His words are spirit and they are life to me. And so I want to run there, and I want to grab a hold of the word. I want to obey it, and I want to know that this is easy for God. This is easy. Children that are rebelling against God, it's easy. It's easy. It's easy for God. And I want to encourage you not to stay in your turmoil, and not to stay in your wrangling and wrestling about these things that do seem difficult, I'm not dismissing the problem. They didn't have water in the desert. They needed water. Our children need salvation. I'm not dismissing the necessity of the problem. But I'm saying, for God, it is simple. It is simple. And what I love about the answer that came Look at just in verse 17, what the, wor- the Lord said. He said, you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. Just dig the ditches. Do you know how many times when we get a problem, we start thinking, well, how can I source that problem? The word of the Lord did not tell them to source water. It said dig ditches to hold water. Huh? That's, isn't that something? So we have a problem with our children. Right away we think, what do I need to How can I source this? No, no. Get the word of God, and then look what they have. They're they're not sourcing the problem. They're not the answer to the problem. Moms, we cannot be the answer to every one of our children's problems. We cannot, and we cannot start our thinking in that way. Like, uh, if I can just get a hose, and let's see if I can just, where can I get water? Where can I get water? Where can I get, no, God is the source He's giving the water. He's the source. We just have to do whatever he tells us. But the answer to our problems as moms with our, parents, with our children or as grandparents with our <laughs> grandchildren or sometimes our adult children, we are not the source. It says you're not going to see the wind. You're not going to see the rain. You're not going to understand how this is going to happen. But I do have an instruction for you. And in this case, it was make room for the thing that you want, (laughs) not go find the thing that you want. Boy, how many of us have gotten into debt? This is just a little side note. (laughs) Let me walk over here, a little side note. How many of us have gotten into debt because we thought we had to source the thing, right? No, God's not asking you to be the source. He's the source. Just do what he said to accept his provision, and that's so good. That's so good. So it's simple for God. It's simple for God. And we're not going to understand how it's going to happen, but it's simple for Him. That's so good. You're not going to be able to identify the source, but we are following His direction. Hallelujah. And I want you to see, too, um, when did all this rain come? It wasn't rain, it just water came. When did it come? Following what? You guys remember when we read? It's uh, verse 20. Let's look at that. It happened in the morning. When the grain offering was offered, that suddenly (laughs) water came by way of Edom and the land was filled with water. So the answer, so we got the word of the Lord, we obeyed and we dug the ditches. We got the word of the Lord concerning our children and we obeyed whatever instruction he got. Not thinking that we are the source and not expecting for us to solve the problem. But just waiting on the Lord for him to supply. And what do we do in the meantime? What should we wake up and do in the morning? Give him a praise offering, right? There's a grain offering being offered in the morning. So in the waiting time, you've obeyed the Lord. You've gotten his word. You've gotten his word on on whatever your mom problem is. You've gotten the word on it. You You retrained yourself to get the word. You got the word. You obeyed the word. I'm not understanding how it's going to work, but I've done what you told me to do, Lord. No, I'm not the source. You're the source. In the meantime, while I wait for the deliverance, I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give offerings to him. I'm going to worship him. You need to worship and give thanks continually. Yeah continually. Continually. I mean every day. (laughs) And be thankful. And I haven't always done this. But again, we're growing stronger in this. Are we growing stronger? We're growing stronger in this. We're giving thanks in every situation. We're giving thanks continually. We're worshiping him continually. That morning by morning, we are being strengthened in him as we worship him, right? What did it say in Romans? I know you know it. That Abraham grew strong in faith, faith as he did not waver, right? But he grew strong in faith as he uh, gave glory, pra- give praise and gave glory to, yeah, gave glory to God. Thank you for the help. It's Romans chapter four. <laughs> you can look it up later. But that's how we're going to be strong as we stand for these answers for our children and for our grandchildren. All right. We're going to worship and give thanks continually. And look at the answer. Is the answer amazing? The answer is amazing. So water just comes, ta-da, fills the ditches. <laughs> and the enemy up on the hill at the same morning that they're giving praise, at the same time they're giving praise to God, the enemy is looking on. And what does the enemy see? The enemy sees blood. Hallelujah. You know what I'm talking about, right? jesus shed his blood it was the sign of the covenant he poured out his blood to say Everything I am is yours, and all that you are is mine. We're in this relationship. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. Uh, He's our God. He supplies our every need. With the stripes that wounded Jesus, we are healed. Our sins are removed, though our sins were like scarlet. They should be made and washed white as snow. Hallelujah. So the enemy while we praise, is seeing blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy, while we're giving praise in the morning, the enemy sees blood. And look at them. Look at them. So they reason... Oh, man, the devil, he just does the same, he did the same thing when Jesus was on the cross. The enemy began to reason, say, we got him now, right, right? But boy, was he in for a surprise, and so were these enemies, right? The same kind of thing happened. Look what happens. The sun is shining on the water in verse 22, and the Moabites, the enemy, saw the water on the other side as blood, Listen, God's ways and his provision while it's supplying salvation to me totally confuses the enemy. Totally confuses the enemy. While God's ways and God's provision, not my source, I didn't go trying to figure out the answer, but God's ways, God's provision in my life as they're providing salvation to me at the very same time is confusing my enemies. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. And look what they do uh let's see uh wait, I don't have this verse written down, but it's on the uh let's see border um it says where they stood on the border. Anybody see that in your bible oh twenty one thank you, Lord. Uh, look at 21. When all the Moabites heard that the kings had come up to fight against them, all who were able to bear arms and older were gathered. This is the enemy. Everybody, here we go. We're going in. We're going in. We're going to take the spoil. The enemy's getting together. And they stood at the border. They stood at the border. <laughs> That means they couldn't go any further than that. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't care how many enemies are coming against your children. I don't care how many problems are coming against your grandchildren. I don't care how confusing, how desperate, how void of hope that it feels. I don't care how many are gathering. (laughs) They have to stand at the border. Hallelujah. They have to stand at the border. They have to see the blood, and they have to stand there confused. Hallelujah. Yes, it doesn't matter how many are mustering. It doesn't matter how many are gathering against your children. I know we love them, but God's got that. God's got that. We're not the source, moms. We're not the source. And these, you know, and that's where we can get confused. and we see sad moms that are down and worn out and tired. Listen, that's not us. Our look. Our eyes, our steady, intent, absorbing gaze, is on Jesus, and His word and His blood and His sacrifice. and we're getting stronger as we praise and give glory to God, and we're getting growing stronger in faith. So no matter how many enemies are coming, I love that when the Lord's showing no matter how many are gathering, with all their weapons and looking all scary and coming in thinking they're going to take over, they have to stand at the border, see the blood, and get confused. (laughs) Salvation is mine. Salvation is our children's. Salvation belongs to our grandchildren. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So, one last scripture, and I didn't give this one uh, ahead, but as I carried this in today, it reminded me of a scripture in Jeremiah. <laughs> and you might know it already, but Jeremiah 23, verse 29. I don't have it for the screen. But uh, Jeremiah 23, verse 29 talks about the word of God being a hammer. God's so faithful. <laughs> the word of God being a hammer in this situation in Jeremiah again history uh, there are lots of false prophets giving words they're taking what they heard real prophets say and then kind of mixing it with uh, this over here and and God is addressing false prophets ladies I want to give us warning one last thing before we go to beware of accepting anything that is less than the word of God as your answer There are tons of parenting magazines, there's tons of call-in hotlines, there's tons of resources. But it's less than the Word of God. It's less than, okay? I mean, everybody, all the girls at the Moms Club, they might know, oh, did you read the latest whatever? Did you see this blog? Did you hear? Did you read this? They can be yipping about all kinds of things they saw. But if it's not the Word of God, you don't need to necessarily, don't take it as the Word of God. Remember, faith honors the Word of God, and the Word honors faith. Faith all right so you know faith is we we're not honoring the latest magazine or the latest dr oz advice okay <laughs> that's less than that's less than don't look for your answers there ladies look to the word of god and so i'm liking this to these false prophets they take a little measure of truth and then you know whatever and the next thing you know we're aiding our kids down the path of destruction because we went with that instead of the word of god okay Woo. <laughs> we don't want to aid their path of destruction because we settled for something less than the word of God. Good word, good word. All right. So we're going to straight to the word of God and Jeremiah 23 says this. Verse 29. Well, I'd say 28. I'll start there. The prophet who has a dream, he's talking about false prophets here. Let him tell his dream. <laughs> Let him, let him tell his dream. And then uh, conversely, he who has my word, let him speak that faithfully. Oh, God, thank you for your word. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell you about his dream, the latest thing, whatever that kids need or baby, whatever, the latest thing that you've got to do. But he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat? Or one scripture says, what's, what is straw, huh? Stuff that just burns up, <laughs> which is, you know, all the parenting advice that is not founded in the word of God. It'll all just burn up. What is chaff to the wheat, to the good, nourishing, good stuff, right? And here it is, verse 29. Is not my word like fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. So we have the hammer, the word of God. And like this hammer, I told Joseph the title of this. I have such a hard time coming up with titles, but I said it's mom tools, the word and the anointing, okay? Those are our mom tools, the word and the anointing. And then I thought of this thing, and guess what? It's not just a hammer. Inside are other tools, and Joseph will say, are you worried about the small things? Well, I've got a small screwdriver inside this hammer, Right? Are you worried about the medium-sized thing? Well, I've got a medium-sized screwdriver in this hammer. Well, what about the big things? Well, this hammer is a big thing, and it the hammer is the Word of God, and the Word of God contains any aid, tool, help that you need, big or small, inside of it. So mom are tools for being a mom, that is fashioned by God, (laughs) wearing his name on our labels. We are God's Jesus. (laughs) Our help comes from the word and the anointing that's in the word. And so we are moms doing things God's way. And I'll tell you what, our families would be blessed because of that. So I want you to be encouraged today. The word and the anointing, these are our tools. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life he came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.